Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Rebecca Manuel, and I'm the youth pastor at all of our locations here at Community of Hope. And I'm so glad that I get to be with you here at the East Campus. Uh, Pastor Trevor is over at our West Campus, and Pastor Dale is taking a much-deserved break before Easter. I'm so excited about Easter. I'm so excited for a couple reasons. The first reason is because we get to celebrate the resurrection of our king. The second reason, not as holy, I really like chocolate. And the third reason, even less holy, is that the Manuel family, my family, every single Easter, we have our tradition where we have an Easter egg decorating competition. And I'm excited for this year because every single year, my Easter eggs look something like this. They look like that. It's not good. It's never good. Um, And this year, I have been preparing. I have been on Pinterest, and I'm ready to conquer the competition. I'm going to bring my family down. My Easter eggs are going to be superior, and so I'm pumped about that. I'm also excited about Easter because we're offering our indoor, our outdoor, and our online experience. And so that's going to be amazing. We want you guys to join that. Our outdoor experience is at 7 o'clock over at our East Campus. It's a sunrise service. It's going to be amazing. And then we have multiple indoor opportunities. And then we have a really cool online experience that's a perfect opportunity for you to invite your friends, for you to invite um, people who maybe aren't ready to come to church yet, and you can share that with them online. And so that's going to be great. All right, so we're going to jump into today's message. Uh, And the first thing that I want to do to jump into that message is I want to tell you a little secret, a little not popularly known fact about myself. Okay, so uh, the reason I don't tell people this is because I know that the students in student ministry would genuinely not believe me if I told them, and so I just don't think it's worth arguing. But here's the thing. Okay, so, um, and I just don't, I don't even know how it's possible, but I, I happen to be, I happen to be a black belt in Taekwondo. Ooh, wow, no one. Literally, everyone's like, ah, cool, Rebecca, right? It's because you believed it, right? You, you were like, you looked at me and you were like, that girl's intimidating, right? You like had that in your mind, right? So I happen to be a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, and so Pastor Trevor has this thing where he talks about martial arts all the time, just all the time. He just talks about martial arts so much. And the reality is, is like, I probably couldn't take Pastor Trevor now, but that little girl right there, that little girl could take Pastor Trevor. I'm just gonna say it now, right? My favorite thing about the East Campus is that you guys have promised that you won't tell Pastor Trevor anything I say today, right? Right, Okay, right? So that little girl can take Pastor Trevor. So the cool thing about Taekwondo is that they have this belt system, right? So like you get a white belt and then you get a yellow belt and then you get an orange belt. And each belt represents you growing or you developing, And so as you go on, you get a belt, and then that belt means that it's time for you to level up. And so the series that we've been in is we're talking about descending into greatness. 
descending into greatness. And that's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna talk about how we can level up or how we can go to the next step of our faith. And so we've been in this series and we, we kicked it off by talking about how Jesus literally changed the course of history. How one man not only changed the course of our eternity, but also how one man changed the course of the entire world and how that, that moment in history shapes even now all the way here in 2021, us in America and how Jesus shaped even that. We talked about how um, our identity and our dignity is wrapped up in what it looks like to have humility. And we talked about last week how humility and servanthood go hand in hand And so today, we're going to go deeper, and we're going to go into the next level, and we're going to continue our journey in our descent into greatness. So if you have your Bibles with you, could you turn in your Bibles to Philippians 2, 5 through 11, or if you have it on your phone, or you can look up on the screen with me. Philippians 2, 5 says this, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he humbled himself, nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This morning, we're gonna, we're gonna focus in on the verse in Philippians 2.8, and being found In appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. We talked about why Jesus. We've talked about where and we talked about all these other things. And today, this morning, we're calling this message, How? How do we begin the descent into greatness? Will you guys bow your heads with me? Dear God, we come to you extremely grateful that we get to sit here with like-minded people, Lord, and, and worship you and hear from you. This morning, God, we ask that you place a word into our hearts that we can walk away from this morning with just one thing. We wanna hear from you, God. So speak to us, open our hearts. Lord, we just wanna hear one thing from you this morning. In your name we pray, amen. So this morning, we're going to focus in on the last word in that verse. He humbled himself by becoming obedient. We're going to talk about obedience. Awesome, right? Like, that's such an exciting topic. Obedience, great, right? Let's give the youth pastor the sermon about obedience, right? I feel like maybe Dale was trying to, like, Pastor Dale was giving me a message, right? He was like, hey, let's, Rebecca, preach on obedience, right? And so... We're jumping in and we're talking about that word obedience. It's not super popular in our culture to talk about obedience, right? It doesn't sound like that enjoyable. It's not really that great of a time. But here's the reality. Last week, we talked about servanthood. And today, we're talking about obedience because both of them 
are at the center of Jesus's message to us. Both of them are important for our growth in humility. And so the word here for obedience is actually translated better to the word listen. And so the word there in, uh, for obedience is better translated to the word listen. It's really interesting because the word obey is actually not in the Old Testament at all. Instead, the word that they use oftentimes is actually listen. Listen. It makes a lot of sense if you think about it because we like tell our kids like, hey, good listening today. Or like when they do something, like you've told them to do something and they do it, you're like, good job listening. Or like, hey, turn on your listening ears, right? It's not a passive listening. It's an active listening. Meaning it's listening and then doing something about it. So um, my dad, my dad very much is like kind of like a, a little bit like a drill sergeant sometimes, all right? So like he has this thing that he does where he's like, I give a command, you follow the command. And so he has like these sayings, like he just has dad sayings, famous dad sayings, like over and over again, like I, just like a broken record, right? And so one of these sayings that he has is like, we'll be like, he'll tell us to do something. And then if you ask why, oh, if you're like, dad, can I, can I go out with my friends? And you say, why? This is his response. Yours is not to question why. Yours is merely but to do or die. You're like, well, I don't want to die, dad. So guess, guess, that, guess that's that, right? Another thing that he says, and this is like one of his like famous ones, like he says this all the time. You'll, he'll like tell you what to do. And if you start saying like, he'll be like, take out the trash. And if you're like, dad, give me a minute, right? He'll be like, mm, yes, sir, is the response you're looking for. That's like his famous one, right? So uh, last week I was talking to a student and he was starting to like kind of smart off a little bit and he was like talking to me and I was like, hey, can you do this? And he said something to me and I looked him dead in the eye and I said, yes, ma'am, is the response you're looking for. (laughs) Terrified me, right? I literally was like, I'm becoming my parents. This is my biggest fear. Oh my gosh, right? It's not enough to hear the, the words, right? We have to listen and then we have to be active listeners. We have to do the words. And so we have to hear it and then we have to obey it. And so there's a couple of misunderstandings about the word obedience. So there's a lot of misunderstandings about the word obedience and some of them actually are the church's fault. Like sometimes the church can create this weird thing about obedience. And so here's things that obedience is not. Obedience is not legalism. It's not legalism. All right, I want a show of hands. I want you to raise your hand. Have you ever met a religious jerk? Have you ever met a religious jerk? Don't point at them right now, but just if you, if you are, right? I mean, some of us have probably been a religious jerk. I love how Pastor Dale said this a while back. He said, listen, if you are a jerk who finds Christ, then you're just a jerk who found Christ, right? Like you, it's, you still can be a jerk. You can still be a religious jerk. And obedience is not legalism. I think it's so weird how sometimes we can get caught up in this idea that our God is just this God of rules and you just have to follow every single rule in order to be obedient. And it's just like all these things. The thing is, is that life is a gift, He has given you this life. He has given you a purpose. He has given you a call. He has given you this. He's created this gift for you as part of his design. And it's so easy for us to get upset about it. It's kind of like 
going to Home Depot, all right, and then buying a chainsaw, then taking that chainsaw home, reading the manual of that chainsaw in like the the thousand different languages and like going through it and reading it and it tells you how not to use the chainsaw, it tells you when not to use the chainsaw, it tells you where to keep the chainsaw, how to take care of the chainsaw. It's like reading that manual, looking at the manual and then like throwing it aside, being like, Home Depot doesn't want us to have any fun. Home Depot, what, this is the Home Depot? Come on, Home Depot, right? We do that with the word of God so often. We take that. It's not that Home Depot doesn't want you to have any fun. Home Depot just doesn't want you to cut your arm off. It doesn't want a lawsuit, right? It doesn't want you to blame them. The Bible, God's words, the things that he teaches us, the the rules that he has for us, they're to keep us safe. They're for us to be able to use the gifts that God has given us and to enjoy them and to live a life full. It's not so that we don't have any fun, but instead it's so that we can learn to live a life that is rich and fulfilling. So obedience is not legalism. Obedience is also, obedience is not earning salvation. It's not about earning salvation. It's not like a scale. It's not like, man, if I just like obey this much, it's gonna make up for this like thing I did, right? Like it's not like that. It's like, man, if I like obey this and I like don't tell a lie tomorrow, but then I like have road rage tomorrow, it's fine. No, it's not a scale, right? It's not about earning salvation. Here's the thing. The Bible says that there are no good people. There are not good people. Actually, Jesus invited a lot of bad people into heaven. Don't miss this. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. It's not about earning our salvation. That's not what it looks like. Obedience is not self-empowered. It's not self-empowered. Meaning, and this is the one that I feel like sometimes Christians can miss, it's not about like white knuckling it, right? Like I feel like sometimes we can just be like, you just gotta get over it, be perfect, and just like try your hardest and try, 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 and then the church can miss this here and can miss the the helping of this, right? It's not self-empowered. Obedience comes from the Holy Spirit. The only reason that we feel conviction, the only reason that we can resist sin, the only reason that we can be freed from the chains that hold us back is through the Holy Spirit. It's through God himself. It's not self-empowered, it's God-powered. So now that we've talked about what obedience is not, let's talk a little bit about what obedience is, what obedience is. So let's look at Jesus, who was the perfect example of obedience. The thing is, is that we hear obedience, and and sometimes this can happen, but it makes the church look like it's this place where you cannot go. I mean, we've heard it, right? Like, oh, I can't walk into the church. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll catch fire and burn, right? Like, we've heard people say things like that. Maybe we've felt like that before, right? And then it can start to get like a little bit like hostile. People can feel negative feelings towards Christians or, or towards the church. But the thing is, is that Jesus made obedience look attractive, He made obedience look attractive. It didn't turn people away, but instead it attracted sinners to him. I mean, sinners were coming from everywhere to gather and be with him. Jesus made obedience and faith look good. 
I mean, it was the religious people who were actually mad at him. It was the religious jerks who were upset with Jesus. And it was the sinners who came and sat with him. The thing is, is that Jesus understood the letter of the law. He got it. He knew it. He knew the law through and through. He understood the letter. But what was important is that Jesus also understood the heart of the law. He understood that it wasn't the Home Depot manual and he wanted to check it out, right? He understood that it was God's way of loving us. He understood the heart of the law. Jesus's obedience is foundational to our faith. Um, And look in the verse, it says, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. He died on the cross for us. One way to look at this is the idea of switching places. He hung on the cross and he switched places with us. He did did a switch. He covered our spot. He traded places with us, which means that when he traded places with us, not only did he take our sins, but also then we took on his life of obedience. So when God looks at you, God treats you like you have fulfilled all of the commandments. That's great news because I have not fulfilled all of the commandments. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, he switched places and not only did he take my sins, but then I got to take his perfect example of obedience. Romans 5, 19 says this, for just as though through the disobedience of the one man, talking about the fall, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. You see, Jesus didn't just die for your sins and then that was it. If that were the case, Jesus could have died as a baby. He could have come here and he could have been a baby and he could have died for your sins and that would have been it. What's the most amazing thing is that Jesus lived a life of perfect obedience because we couldn't do it. And then he died on the cross. He lived the life we couldn't live. And so that's awesome news, right? So like, that's it. Go in God's peace, we're dismissed, right? Jesus is great, we all, yes, right? But here's the thing, right? It's about listening, It's about being an active listener. So now what do we do? What do we do? Philippians 2.5, it says, in your relationships with others, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. So how do we have that same mindset? The first way is that obedience is how we love God. It is the key meaning of being a follower of Christ. It's how we show our love to him. John 14, 23 through 24 says this, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. 
Anyone who loves Jesus will obey. Anyone who does not obey does not love me. This verse is like, oof, right? This is like a, okay, <laughs> that, that, yes, okay, I, I'm hearing that, right? It's not about the outcome here. God's after our hearts. He's after our love and our affection. And when you fall more and more and more in love with God, what that looks like, it looks like your life is transforming and you're obeying him. So there's a, the book called The Five Love Languages, and it goes through all of the love languages, and it talks about what that looks like. Um, and so there's like words of affirmation, um, there's acts of service, there's gift giving, um, there's physical touch, there's quality time. And so these are like the five love languages. These are the ways that like we can like love other people and our coworkers and our friends and our spouses, like and our children well, right? And so there's all these love languages. For me, like my love language is like definitely acts of service. Like I, I like, you know, so students, if you're here, you know, help out, please clean up trash. That's great. So like, right? Those are like the ways I feel loved. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you picked up your trash. I'm, thank you so much. You love me, right? And so like, those are like love, right? And so acts of, and so all these love languages, these five love languages, God's love language here that we read in verse John 14, God's love language is listen, follow, and obey. God's love language is obedience. It's obedience, it's active listening, listen and do. That's how you can show God you love him. The second way is that obedience humbles us. It humbles us. You see, obedience is the key to growing in your humility. Check out um, scripture in Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, be in awe of God, to walk in obedience, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees and giving you today for your own good. It humbles us because the reality is, is that God just knows better. He just knows better. This is easy for us to grasp when we're like parenting kids or like babysitting small children or like taking care of students, right? Like someone asks you something, like a kid asks you something and you're like, cause I said so, right? Like that's easy for us to grasp that way. We're like, cause, j- just cause I said so, right? But for some reason, it's hard for us to understand that with God. God knows better. He knows better. His plans for us are just better. And it's humbling when we stop and we're just able to go, man, his plans are better. The third way that you can have the same mindset as Christ is that obedience grows your relationship with God. Obedience grows your relationship with God. It all leads here. Man, if we want to grow our relationship with God, it doesn't, it doesn't just come from reading more, which is great. It doesn't just come from more passion, which is great. But it comes from simple obedience. Man, our relationships grow with God when we start to trust him more. So um, I, uh, a while back when I was a, in college, I was a sophomore in college, I got the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Indonesia. 
which was like so, so cool. And so I had like absolutely no idea anything about the trip logistic wise. Um, I'm not a planner, I'm a goer. So like my parents were like, where are you going? Indonesia, where in Indonesia? Indonesia, right? And like, I was like, I'm just going, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to Indonesia, that's all I know. And so I showed up in Indonesia, there I was, um, and I stayed with a host family um, and his name was Pak Long. And so Pak Long, he was like my, like, kind of like my Indonesian dad, right? He's like, like about like this high and like this tall and he just like loved me so, so much. And like, I was like, just like, just such a great time with him. So the, about the first week that I was there, he, like, in a group of us, decided with a couple of the villagers that he was going to take me to this waterfall. And I was, like, so excited. And so we went, and we're hiking in Indonesia. We live in South Florida. I've never seen a mountain, really, before, right? And I've definitely never hiked one, right? So here I am, like, huffing and puffing up this mountain, like, I'm about to die. The only mountain I've ever seen is, like, the garbage dumps as you're driving down, like, the turnpike, right? So I'm, like, huffing and puffing. I'm, like, man, we're going to, I'm going to die on this mountain in Indonesia, they're going to have to bury my body here. My parents will never hear from me ever again. This is my final resting spot. And so we're like hiking up this mountain. We get to this incredibly beautiful waterfall. I just mean like out of a storybook waterfall, right? And it's absolutely gorgeous. And Pak Long, who speaks Indonesian, I speak English, was like, hey, Rebecca, come over here. So I did. I'm just like, yes, I'm, I'm, all right, you got it. What's up? I'm trusting you. And so then he starts to mime what I'm about to do. He's like, you're going to run? I'm like, yes, run. He's like, you're going to jump? I'm like, okay, jump. I'm going to run. I'm going to jump. Got it. And he's like, and then you're going to jump into that. Let me, let me describe what that is. There's a waterfall. There's a giant bush. Over giant bush, there's a cliff. Over cliff, there's like a small, tiny hole of water. That's where I'm jumping into, Right? I don't know if, like, you're looking at me and you're like, oh, man, she, she can jump. She got, I can't, right? You're like, we're not, think, we're not thinking that, right? Like, short legs, it's not going to happen. So, like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to run over, I'm going to jump. And he's like, here's the thing. You're not going to be able to see it. So you have to jump when I say jump. So, like, I'm like, I'm like, like, oh, what? You have to run and you have to jump when I say jump. If you jump too early, you're going to hit the cliff. If you jump too late, you're going to miss the hole. So I'm like, okay, you got it. You got it. I have to do this because I've only been here one week and this is, this is a bonding experience. And like, I I have no other choice. So I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm just going to jump when you say jump. And it takes like, like this, like an insane amount. I'm like, I got this. I can do this. Here's actually a picture. Um, there's me. There's the bush. Can you look that there looks like there's no water there, right? Like, am I just jumping into rocks? This is what Pak Long wanted for me. So I'm like running and he screams, jump! And I just hurl my body full, full force and I prayed. I was like, dear Jesus, I, I come to see you again tonight, right? Like, I was like, this is where I meet my father. And so like, I just full on, full send it, full send. And I, I jumped and obviously I'm still here today. Um, and so that is my story of how I survived Indonesia and how I survived Pak Long. Um, but here's the thing. It was all about the perfect timing. It was all about listening to what he said and then jumping when he said, jump. Faith is about trust. Obedience is about trust. It takes trust to obey God. You see, the thing is, is that God 
has incredible plans for your life. And he desires so much for your life. And he wants to have a relationship with you and what that looks like. It looks like being willing to take the next step with him in obedience. Growth in your relationship with God will happen when you learn to trust him over the ways that you trust yourself. Isaiah 55, 9 reads this. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are higher. God's ways are better. God's ways, his plans for your life are better. They're just better. Jesus models this for us in the Garden of Gethsemane. So before Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins, to switch places with us, he went to the garden and he sat and he prayed the most honest prayer. He bowed his head and he said, God, if there is any way for you to take this from me, God, please take it from me. Man, some of us have been in that spot, right? Where we have sat in a garden, maybe not a garden, maybe in your room, maybe in your car, and you have prayed, God, if there is any way. Jesus continues on though, and he says, God, if there's any other way, but if there's not, and this is your will, so be it. Jesus modeled perfect obedience. He was willing to say, God, I trust you. God, if, if, if you say to jump now, I will jump now. If you say that this is the only way, then this is the only way. So how do we, how do we do this? How do we start to obey him? The first way is for some of us, man, we just need to say, we're gonna follow him for the first time today. We just need to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you. For the first time, we just need to ask him into our hearts. For some of us, maybe you've been following Jesus for a really, really long time and you've started to follow other things. Maybe you're, you're following um, the pressures of your workplace. Maybe you're following um, the desires of, the, of your heart that you think are gonna be fulfilling, but, but maybe they haven't been so far. Maybe you've been caught up trying to, to go through the motions. Maybe you're following uh, what, the people, what people think about you. Maybe you're following money. Maybe you're, you're making choices based off of what you think is right. God's ways are better. So maybe today is the day that you say, God, I just want to follow you and I want to follow only you. I want to have eyes for only you, God. The second way is that we can learn. Man, it is hard to obey if you don't know what you need to obey. So maybe your first act of obedience is starting to read your Bible more. 
getting in a Bible plan, learning what obedience looks like. Maybe that's where it starts for you today. And the third way is some of us, he's calling us to trust him. Some of us know exactly right now what God is asking you to obey. And he just wants you to trust him. Maybe that looks like asking him into your heart for the first time. Maybe that looks like forgiving that person that it has been so hard for you to forgive. Maybe that looks like working on your marriage again after you've already been trying. Maybe that looks like starting to serve in a new ministry for the first time. Maybe it looks like stepping up and volunteering somewhere. Maybe it looks like quitting that job. Maybe it looks like starting to to recognize you need to go to a recovery program. Maybe it looks like starting therapy. Maybe it looks like talking to someone in the church for the first time. Maybe it looks like giving up on gossiping or, or maybe it looks like giving up on smoking or maybe it looks like whatever it looks like for you. Maybe God is calling you to the next step of obedience. Because here's the thing, is that when we live in obedience with God, we grow in our relationship with Him that is our descent into greatness. What is your next step into your descent into greatness? Will you bow your heads with me? God, God, thank you so much for being a God who came here with us, not being a distant father, but being a personal God who wants to have a relationship with us. Thank you for being a God who came here and modeled what perfect obedience looks like. God, there are some of us here in this room, Lord, that we need to learn to walk in obedience with you. It doesn't look like being obedient and and making these huge choices to be obedient for the rest of our lives. It looks like being obedient right now in this moment. God, there's some of us who just need to take that first step of obedience. There's some of us who need to take that second step of obedience. So God, we just wanna come to you now knowing Lord that it is not by our own strength, but by only yours. Jesus, we love you.